Welcome to Corks and Cowtown, where everything is poppin'. Grab your drinks. The show is about to begin. Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome back to Corks and Cowtown. I am joined today in studio with... Tom Jung. Oh, this is oh, the, yeah, the intro. This is okay, it. Yeah, yeah, this Tom is your Chung. intro. <laughs> Tom Jung. <laughs> uh, I'm a real estate agent here in Fort Worth, and... Uh, uh, Recently, a father. Yeah, we've got uh, you know we've got a podcast as well, Tom Talks Fort Worth, where it's all things real estate mm-hmm. and you know Dallas Fort Worth related. We love that. Yeah. I was like, well, so that was the thing is I know we've been Facebook friends for years, mm-hmm. and also I was wondering I couldn't even remember how we became Facebook friends. I think back in the day, like everyone just would add each other whenever you had enough mutual friends. Yeah, and you and I have never gotten to meet. Even I don't think I'm so glad you said that because I was like I told my wife I was like you have so we have so many mutual friends yes. from my high school I was like I think we went to high school together <laughs> I'm gonna have to get out my yearbook and then I looked and I was like wait you went to Granbury I, yeah and I was like I I was like I must have just like randomly met you That's one the thing time is, I or think that it honestly is back in the day whenever like social media was like really starting off mm-hmm. you would just add people. Obviously, I had it back yeah. whenever you had to have the .edu yeah. when it was the Facebook.com. So OG. I know. Mm. I was like so old. But um, so that's the thing is I saw you on TikTok mm. and I reached out to you and I was just like, wait a second. I was like, this is another Fort Worth podcast. Yeah. And yeah. so I got excited because also so many of us just do like interviews and things like that. And yours is a little bit more like content based based on your work. Yeah, we did. Um, We started out. <laughs> I started doing like a Joe Rogan style. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it twice. Uh-huh. And then I was like, this is measurable. Because number one. <laughs> it's so the, long. Yeah. Like just trying to coordinate people. Like props to it's you. It's hard. For, yeah, it is. Well, you have a co-host too, right? Yeah, I do. So, yeah. Originally, we didn't. Okay. Um, and then I started to realize the thing that I liked about Joe Rogan was that he talked about like current events. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he also had interesting people on. So uh, we thought, you know, maybe we can do uh, current events locally because that's the other thing, too. I maybe just am not looking in the right place, but I feel like stuff that's going on around Dallas and Fort Worth, like, you know, new businesses coming in or, you know, just events going on, you know, this month or whatever, it's hard to like, there's no good content that puts that out there. Well, so I totally agree with you because a lot of us have been doing that is like, we will try and find, you know, these certain things that are going on in DFW. Mm -hmm. But I think the issue lies is that everyone kind of covers different um, activities And so some are more, you know, like based for females. Some are more, you know, male driven. Maybe some are, you know, more geared towards parents and some are like food and beverage. And then others are just like, hey, do you want to come get shit faced? Right. And so I think it's hard because they all have different like expertise and then you have to then combine them all. Right. And so that's a pain in the ass to do. Yeah. Like, why is there not just one place that has everything? Yeah, and, uh, well, yeah, but, I mean, everything is so huge. Like, you could never cover everything, right? No, exactly. So, but, yeah, I mean, for us, I think it's been helpful because, you know, it constantly gets us researching, like, what's going on in the different cities and things like that. And so, as agents, we're more aware of what's going on. 
That makes so sense. So it helps us. And then we do like fun stuff as well. Just yeah. Just because it's fun. Okay. So how long have you been a realtor? I've been a realtor since 2015. So eight, eight years. Okay. What got you into it? Like initially? Uh, so when I, I was out of college, uh, my background is computer engineering and okay. I was doing web development and like creating marketing materials for, um, a startup company. And then, uh, it's a long story is in medical tourism, which is fascinating on its own, but <laughs> yes, um, it is. Yeah. So I was doing that and it was becoming apparent that the company wasn't going to take off. So I was like, well, I need to figure out what I'm going to do next. So I started freelancing with web design and then I had a good buddy of mine, Sean Buck. He's with Stripe. Oh, I know Sean. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. You know, like everybody. Um, (laughs) And so anyways, he was like, man, you need to come check out real estate. You need to do, okay. I was like, okay, okay. So I went to this class or um, it was like an intro at Keller Williams. And then uh, after that, you know, I spent the next uh, couple months doing all the classes, got my license. And basically at that point I was freelancing full time with web development. It was my first experience not knowing where my next paycheck was coming from. That had to be terrifying. It was a little bit. <laughs> and then I had a guy call me out of the blue and he was like, Hey, would you like to buy some leads? And I had just gotten licensed, right? Wait, you can buy leads? Oh yeah. yeah. I had no idea Is that it? was the thing. Oh yeah. Any business. So in this, it was from Trulia, which got bought out by Zillow uh, shortly after, but he called me and he's like, do you want to buy some leads? And I was like, well, I guess that's what agents do. And yeah. uh, I was like, how much are they? And he's like a hundred dollars a month. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. It was, it was back then when you don't know where your paychecks. Oh, from. absolutely. And I was like, well, how many leads? I'm like, maybe he's going to say like a hundred leads. Right. And he's like, well, four. And I was like, oh man. Oh man. Yeah. So he said, look, you're, you're going to get four leads, but they're really good leads. They're seller leads. They're people that are interested in selling their home. They've asked for like an evaluation on what their house is worth. And I was like, you know what? I can figure out how to make a hundred bucks a month work. And the one thing that I had learned uh, coming in was most uh, most people will hire the first agent they interview. Really? Yeah. And so even though I was brand new, I was like, I just got to be first. So a lead would come in. I'd call. They don't answer. They never answer. And so then I'd hop in my truck and drive over to their house. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is, I feel like door. that back then you might have been able to do that. Yeah. You well, still do, do you still now. do it? I don't do it anymore just because I, I don't say, have I the like, time. Be scary. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a new agent, do it. And, yeah. and the second door I knocked on, I got the listing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And Sean Buck came with me and he's like, this is how it's done. You know, uh-huh. Two months later, the house closed. I got my first paycheck and I was like, I looked at Sean. I was like, that's it. And he was like, that's it. I'm going to do this. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it like gave you the confidence to just keep going. Yeah. That's so amazing. Well, yeah. congrats. Thanks. That's exciting. Thanks. It's been, ex- yeah, the whole thing's been exciting. It's a lot So fun. now did you work under, I guess, like a big company or anything? Or did you just do everything on your own to start? Uh, yeah. So I worked under Keller Williams, which okay. is a large company. They've got a great, um, I was at Arlington, which was one at the time was one of the number one uh, market centers. I don't know if it yeah. still is. It's up there. And they have a phenomenal training program if you're like brand new. Mm-hmm. And so... That was great. I went through that. And um, yeah, then after that, I've kind of I've gone off and done then my Then you were thing. like, Fort Worth is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I was living <laughs> in Arlington at the time. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense then. Yeah. Now, I also saw that I guess you flip homes as well. I do. Okay. So yeah. what is that process like? And obviously, we're just getting to like dabble in things today, mm-hmm. but I have so many questions for you okay. because these are all things that like, I feel like most females for sure have all at one point been like, I could be a realtor sure. because I feel like it's just so many people are like so personable and 
-hmm. it is something like you see the like financial aspect of it and you're just like, that looks easy. Yeah. But I know it's a lot more complex than what it is. Sure. A lot of it's personality, just Mm -hmm. um, being sociable and, you know, being able to get along with a lot of different people. And then the other part is like the back end. You got to know your stuff so you don't get in yeah. trouble and all that kind of stuff. But it's really, I mean, it's, it's, you have to be a hustler. That's the yeah. biggest thing. Uh, just because there are so many agents out there. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, obviously, I feel like the market's very saturated right now. Mm-hmm. And with everything, and this is part of what I wanted to get into also is obviously like what the forecast kind of looks like with real estate in Fort Worth. But as far as like things being saturated, what do you think makes you stand out compared to another like realtor? Okay. There's a lot of things there. Yeah. We'll come back to the flips. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We'll go back to the flips. So as far as the market goes, it is, you know, I've got, I've always had the mindset of abundance. So there's plenty of business out there. Like, so, you know, people are like, oh man, should I get into the, if you want to do it, do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and just know that there's plenty of business out there. Like there's always going to be more. And so, you know, don't let that slow you down. The market right now is kind of nuts. Uh, it's been nuts over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were, um, yeah, there's a lot that I could go into. But I guess, um, yeah, what, I guess what part of the market or I guess. Okay, so here's the thing is like, this is, we'll just talk about me personally. So I'm wanting to buy a house. Okay. I would love to buy a house this year. Okay. Which obviously we're coming towards the end of the year now. Sure. However, my thought is also, I was looking up all the stuff about like Airbnb and like the crashes that like Mm -hmm. they're having and how that potentially has an effect on the housing market and what's to come. And obviously who knows like what you can read that's true these days. Sure. But so from like, what would your advice be to me? Would you say, if you really want a home, like go ahead and buy it now. Or would you say like, if you can hold out for like whatever period of time, then wait and see what happens. So you get the best deal. Uh, I would say buy it. We just, I think okay. we just talked about this on our podcast either this week or last week. So this is good timing. Um, the, okay. So there's a couple ways to look at it. Oh no, we're, we're putting out a video this Friday. It's, okay. It's buy versus rent. And oh, we talk okay. Gotcha. About gotcha. That. The the biggest thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is the when you buy a house, buying a house is so much more advantageous from a wealth building perspective. So if like right now, the thing that kind of sucks about it, if you look at what it costs to rent a house mm-hmm. versus buy that house, you're going to be spending more cash out of pocket uh, over the course of the year. But if you look at your wealth building, your total return, when you look at the pay down of the principal, the appreciation of the house and the tax write-offs. If you look at all of it together, it's a net positive and it's pretty substantial. Like we did the numbers on 350,000, which is crazy as this is. It's like, that's kind of entry level, like three to okay. 350 right now. Um, but if you buy that property, as far as like a net wealth perspective goes, you're, uh, I think it's like $17,000 ahead. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, okay. it's, it's substantial, but you're going to be paying more out of pocket each year. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like 34000 instead of 24000 right? So okay. you see your, you know, what we see is the cash number. Yeah. But yeah, from a wealth perspective, um, it's definitely advantageous. And as far as the market goes, like right now we have, um, 
we have like half the inventory that we had back in 2019. And mm-hmm. I referenced 2019 because it was like the last time we were kind of close to a balanced market. Yeah. And then we had like the whole rush of everybody moving here during COVID. And there are still people moving like crazy here. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. Like it's one of my least favorite things that's happening right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I'm okay with it. I but. mean, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I can imagine. I was like, I think that my perspective of it though comes from obviously like living here the majority of my life. And like, I love Fort Worth and the fact that there's a potential for whenever like this period that I'm ready to buy a home, mm-hmm. it's not going to be in Fort Worth because it has the market's gone yeah. up so much. Yeah. And that makes me sad because this is my home and all these people from other places are coming in and they're just like, oh, I can do that. And I'm like, well, I can't. Right. And it's like such a bummer. Yeah. And obviously it's selfish, but you know, it is what it is. But I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like, because when I bought my first house, it was back in 2009, I paid like 123,000 for it. Stop. Yeah. It's like, and now it's like, it's over, it's double that. I mean, that house today is worth over 300. And part of the problem is the amount of money the government's printing. Like, this is so. When I was when I was younger, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I hate saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that like the government did whatever and it didn't affect us. It and, literally, I've had this talk with so many people. So please keep going. Yeah, yes. and then you get into business, you start understanding how it all works, and yes. you're like, oh my gosh, it's all connected. And these people do really dumb stuff all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah. Yes. And so, anyways, that's that's become apparent. The amount of money that we've printed over the last three years or whatever is just insane. And the the biggest thing we print money all the time. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen that's been different this time than other times is usually there's like a war going on or something. So we ship our inflation overseas. Like mm-hmm. when you think about, you know, the amount of money we have in our, you know, in our country, you know, if you print twice as much money, but you ship half of it out of the country, nobody mm-hmm. notices, right? Yeah. Because of the same amount of money circulating. Well, during COVID, they printed all this money and there's nowhere for it to go. And so it's just like thrown everything off. Yeah. And it's just nuts. But um, coming back to like, should you buy or not? The one, the one thing that we were looking at yesterday was, uh, in, cause people have been talking about this crash that's coming, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I know. And that's the thing is I'm just like, do I want to just wait for the crash and just mm-hmm. be ready to jump? Yeah. Like that's the thing that's like so hard to know. Yeah. And everyone has a different perspective. I feel like. Yes. And I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know what to tell I know, you. I know the struggle but, is real. Yeah. The, uh, what, what I did look at though was, you know, uh, there's, there's roughly about 5% turnover in homes per year. So like, okay. if you look at the amount of homes that are here in the Dallas Fort Worth mar- market, there's about a 5% turnover last year in 2022. If you look at the entire U S it was like three and a half percent of all homes sold. And the reason I bring this up is because, uh, interest rates have gone up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're buying a $350,000 house. Now that payment could be 2,800, whereas, you know, two years ago, you were looking at, you know, $2,000 a month. Yeah. Right? A huge difference. And so my thought is, you know, if things do go bad, the people that have these high interest rates and the bigger payments are going to be the first ones to go under. Because if the values drop a little bit, they're going to be upside down. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And that's what we need to worry about. So I went back to 2008 and 2009. And the amount of homes that were upside down in 2009 was like 23, it was like 23% of mortgages. And then there was another 5% that was 
they were like real close. They're within five percent mm-hmm. of being upside down, right? So uh, if you look at the amount of turnover in this this year, it's going to be like twice as many homes sold as last year. If, okay. If, and this is so. Would it mean that's twice the number then that so would be upside down? So it would be too? seven, right? So in total, okay. we're looking at about ten percent of homes that have sold over the last two years between like five and seven percent interest, right? So these are the higher interest rate homes. So there's only about ten percent. Like so, you know, looking at that. You know, if 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 you were looking at the past and we're, we're saying, hey, let's make sure that doesn't happen again, the feds will probably keep the interest rate high for another year, maybe mm-hmm. year and a half, because they'll probably get close to that 20% mark. Yeah. But hopefully they're smart enough to be like, we don't need to go over that because I mean, we I saw what happened not. last That's time. That's so terrifying. Yeah. So if that, if that were the case, I think, in, and I've done the math on it, for our market to kind of rebalance and be where it should be, interest rates need to be in like the low fives. And so, what a dream, right? And so, yeah, just a couple of years ago, it was three percent. People were like, <laughs> so "You can't crazy. get me in the twos. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if all goes well, I mean, my my thought process is, you know, rates will probably stay high for a year, maybe two, mm-hmm. to cool everything down, curb inflation, and then they'll start lowering those rates again because they don't want, you know, they don't want to put that twenty percent of people in a bad situation yeah. to create a bubble, maybe, or, you know. Maybe it's the government. They're like, hey, let's create a bubble so that we can scoop, you know, come in and buy a bunch of houses. I don't know. Exactly. Okay. So I have so many questions for you. And obviously I know we're just going to have to like dabble in each one. So then talking about that is how like these big businesses and whatnot have been coming in. Well, okay. First of all, let me backtrack. Is the Dallas, you keep saying Dallas Fort Worth market. Yeah. Are we grouped into one or are we more separate? Uh, Or do you just say that whenever you're talking real estate? So, because obviously, you know, Fort Worth and Dallas have beef. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, is it like that we have so many similarities or is it just like because everyone groups DFW together or like, like what are the similarities and differences? Uh, So, yeah. So there, I mean, they're relatively close. There are some differences, right? Because like, you know, if, if you're working in Dallas, you can move to Fort Worth. It's oh, a 30 yeah. minute drive depending mm-hmm. on where you're working. Right. So, um, for that reason, like our markets, you know, it's not like two completely separate things, but okay. I will say like, you know, certain areas of Dallas, like the demand's way higher. And so, you know, the, from the buying perspective, it's a lot more difficult to buy a house there because it's more competitive and gotcha. Uh, we're not seeing that over here right now. So there are some differences like on a smaller level, but yeah, for the most part, they're they're fairly similar. Okay, gotcha. So then, okay, first of all, you did mention your new father. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that another realtor brought up to me is talking about how all these businesses and whatnot are coming in and buying up, you know, either neighborhoods, land, like, et cetera. So first of all, has that really ever been done before? One. Well, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I don't know when this started. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I've heard of it. I've read articles. I don't know of any around here that have been done that way. I know, I think, that, I, I think I might've read one over in Dallas somewhere. Well, I know apparently it's been happening in like North Fort Worth, like Alliance area. Like, a like a investment company just coming yes. in and buying all the properties. It's possible. Um, you know, a lot of, are you talking about new homes or existing? I mean, I guess either because, okay. so what, let me just tell you what this other realtor told me, which okay. is why it all comes together. Okay. So they told me that they were just like, if you have kids currently, 
you should not sell your home and you should keep it and it should become your child's home like as they like grow up like rent it out for now whatever but keep it because the way the market is going they will not be able to afford a home in the future i hope that's not true i hope yeah that's why i was like <laughs> that's what i was told and it like i don't know if it was like a scare tactic or what but i mean it it worked but I do agree that you should hang on to your houses. So that's like okay. uh, going back to like what should you do mm-hmm. um, in this market and, and everything else. Like if you're worried about a downturn, I always tell folks like, you know, look at what uh, I guess look at. I guess keep in mind your exit strategy. Like you should always have multiple exits, right? If you're worried about it. So mm-hmm. let's say that, you know, and this and this goes for folks that are like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for a long time. You know, my job moves me around, whatever it may be. So, you know, I say, look at, you know, if you're, if you're buying a property, it's such a great wealth building tool that, you know, make sure that it's something, if you're worried about it, have it be something that will also rent out in cash flow if you're okay. going to go that route. Mm-hmm. Or if it doesn't, at least it's like, if, if you're losing a hundred bucks a month and you're okay with that, yeah, but you can hold on to it, do it. Okay. Uh, but just because like normally, and uh, so like even the entry level property right now, if you rent it out and you broke even, it's probably going to add like 17,000 to your net worth each year. And as you hold on to it, your principal pay down becomes much larger over the years. And so that number grows as you hold on to the property. So uh, the advice of keeping the house is definitely a good one. <laughs> okay. So that's good advice. Then. Yeah. And the, the mistake I see people make is they'll buy like the most expensive house that they can afford. I try to talk people out of this, you know, just because, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we want to keep up with the Jones or whatever. Yeah. And it's not always the best decision because, you know, like buying a half million dollar house right now, it's not going to cash flow if you rent it out. Yeah. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind when, when you think about buying. I mean, I definitely agree with that. So I guess then we can transition into sort of, sort of the flipping aspect. So let's say someone has a home now that they're wanting to maybe, you know, turn it into a rental property Mm -hmm. and it does need some work before they do that. I know people are very scared because people were hearing that like lumber was so expensive and, you know, you weren't able to get anything, you know, for like a current decent price. Has that kind of changed now also? Have things like steadied a bit or is that something, what are your like key, like your key advice for someone wanting to do a little bit of home, I guess, reno? Yeah. Um, so as far as materials go, there's not like, as far as builders go right now, there's not really a lot of material shortage. Okay. Um, windows and AC units were like the biggest thing for a while. Uh, and then, uh, right now it's just tile, like some tiles go out of stock or whatever, but really, if, okay. Yeah, but if you're doing your own home, I mean, there's floor and decor and, you know, Home Depot yeah. is going to have plenty of stuff. You can, you know, pick whatever. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, I think a lot, um, don't get carried away. If it's going to be a rental property, it would be my first, first thing. I would totally agree with that. Some of the homes I've looked at, I'm like, why did you do that to your house? Yeah. And, and, and I would say get a realtor involved as well. If see, gonna, look, I'm doing good already. Yeah, if I'm you're doing gonna, good. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I see people do stupid things. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, there's a, okay, like, give me like three examples of stupid things that you would say people should not do. Oh man. Uh, like, is it as far as like color schemes? Is it picking like tiling your whole, f- whole home? I do not understand that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like things like that. Yes. Okay. Um, tiling your whole home. 
Yeah, you got to be careful. A lot of people will get like the cheapest tile and tile the house and it looks awful. I do not understand that. Yeah. I do not get it. And then uh, I've also seen people that will repaint a house that the paint's fine. They're like, we need to change the color. And like the outside or inside the or inside. both? Uh, okay. The outside too. Yeah. The out- it does not matter if you paint your house on the outside if you're renting it. Like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, the other thing, uh, countertops. I think a lot of people will put in... They'll change countertops out and they'll put Formica in or something. Okay. And it's not, nowadays it's not that much more expensive to put granite. It's super durable. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because, you know, you're not going to put a, a hot pot on a, you know, granite countertop yeah. and ruin it. You can do it with Formica and other things. Yeah. So. Um, and that's really it. I mean, with rental properties, you know, unless you're, you know, like in a high-end market, it, it really doesn't make sense to do a whole lot of renovation. I mean, I would agree with that after just doing browsing of my own. Yeah. Whenever you are renovating, is it still, I know that this is what I was always told, is that if you are going to fix something, it's the kitchens and bathrooms. Kitchens and bathrooms sell houses. Still? Yep. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that hadn't changed. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. glad I did enough research of yeah. my own, so. Oh, carpet would be the other thing. If you're pulling carpet out, mm-hmm. put like luxury vinyl plank in there or something. Okay. Because... You know, I've learned this from experience. If you put carpet in a house, you're just changing it out every renter. Like, it's just one of those yeah. things. You might as well spend a little extra money up front and have it last forever. So That's very true. I can only imagine. Especially if people have pets. Yeah. I had, um, I'll tell you a story. Uh, this is my horror story from oh, geez. renting. Yes. Yeah, it was my first one. Okay. And so I had a guy that was, um, he was like, uh, called me up and he's like, hey, I just got a job. It's, you know couple blocks over, he was selling cars or, yeah, he was selling cars. And he's like, man, I got my dog with me. I'm in this hotel or whatever. I need a place. I can be in it in a week. And, you know, money's not an issue. Here's what I made. I was like, cool, all right. So took a look at everything and I was like, yeah, this checks out. And his his credit was okay. It wasn't, wasn't great. It wasn't awful. And so I ended up renting to the guy and... Then I went, it was like two weeks later, I went to this investor meetup and it was a presentation on renting your house to people. And the guy was like, here are 10 things. If they say this, do not rent to these people. And I was what like, what was one of the things? Um, was it like, hey everything's man. in my truck. <laughs> I'm staying in a hotel. I need a place. I, I like, he nailed like six out of 10. Stop. And I was like, crap. No, the one thing I did that I was smart enough to do, I got a double security deposit on it. Okay, good. But he had, he had one dog uh, that ended up being three. So I don't, I don't Wait, know. Wait, what? He's like, he had one dog on his application, but. But he had three. There were three there. Oh yeah. And then, so, uh, you know, anyway, and then he moved out, he moved out a month early and didn't tell me. And the, I, I found out cause the neighbor's like, Hey, your grass is like a foot long over there. And I was like, okay. And then, but he had, I guess, you know, if you're in the car business, you work long hours, he would leave yeah. his dog in the house. And then he ended up leaving it in the garage. And so like it went everywhere and it just, it was awful. It smelled so bad. Oh, no. Yeah, we had to take chemicals to the concrete and everything else. But uh, so lesson learned was you need to be very, very careful with who you let into your house. Um, I can only imagine. So now whenever you're renting like a Mm -hmm. property like that, do you ask for like references and things like that as well now? Oh, yeah. 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 Credit score is a very good indicator in my experience. Okay. Um, You know, there's exceptions. Like if you... If you have low credit because, you know, you got hit with a bunch of medical bills, that's one thing. Yeah. But if it's like you just can't keep up with stuff, mm-hmm. you know, those are choices that, you know, you're making every day yeah. to, to be in that position. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I would say that's that's the biggest thing. And then just talking to them and making sure that they don't say any of So definitely phrases. none of the like short term, like, hey, I can be in in a week. Yeah. 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 People that have their stuff together, they're like planning a month out or two months out. You know, oh. it's like, hey. So. I just can imagine that has to be hard because I think the majority of people like you want to help someone and a home is like the top priority of yeah. something of like as far as helping someone. Yes. But I feel like it's so awful because now in Texas, are there like squatter rules? There are. Because um, I know it's different. Like obviously on TikTok, you see all the stories about like someone's like home has been taken over and they can't get them out because of like squatter laws. So what are they in Texas? Oh man. Yeah. It's very, it's difficult to kick somebody out. Um, there, I don't know exactly what the law is on squatting. I know after like, it's like, I think it's like seven years to actually own the property if you squat there long enough. Stop. Yeah. Um, but as far as like getting somebody kicked out, it is a little bit more difficult to evict. Like mm -hmm. usually it takes like three months. There was uh, a workaround that I heard about uh, in a um, uh, in one of these investor meetings. The guy would lease the property to his company. And then the company would sublease it to somebody else because if you're evicting a corporation, you can do it within a couple of days. And oh. so, yeah. And so there was like this loophole and he's like, look, this hasn't really been litigated, but we've been able, you know, like theoretically this okay. should work. Um, so that was one loophole. There was another guy that was like, if they don't make rent, I go take the front door off and I'll take the condenser unit off the house and just take it with me. Like, oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. It is like, cause it's Texas. Well, especially in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Like you need air conditioning and you need security. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. I was like, that's nuts. I don't know if that's legal or not, but that's what the guy would do. I mean, <laughs> Hey, I was like props to him for like being so gung ho and taking charge of yeah. everything. So, yeah. so would you recommend, you would recommend renting a property out a hundred percent. Yeah. Is like a yeah. way to like continue like your own wealth portfolio. hundred percent. Okay. And then what else can you tell me? Like, what would your three tips right now be for someone that is either looking to buy a home mm -hmm. or maybe get into like an investment property? Uh, if you're looking to buy your first time, uh, patience in this market, like I, now is not the time to overpay. And there's, you know, a lot of people, I feel like the, the general perspective is always lagging behind where the market's actually at. Yeah. And so this year, we're not seeing as much competition, uh, especially around Fort Worth, uh, up in Frisco, McKinney, a little bit more so just because okay. those are like the, the hot areas if you're moving that way. Um, but yeah, this year is not the year to overpay. Um, and, you know, the other thing too, to think about is the expenses that come along with the house. Mm -hmm. One of the big ones is electricity. Electricity is getting a little bit more expensive. And so, you know, if you're buying, just for example, I've got a, a client, he bought a house last year and it's 3,600 square feet, big house, right? Mm -hmm. And his highest electricity bill was like 160 and he's usually around $100 for his electricity. And then we went and viewed this property the other day, um, which was an older house. It was built in 96 and it was a little bit bigger than that, but their electricity bill like in the winter, it was like four over four hundred dollars, and 
And oh yeah, my gosh. in the summer it was like. But does that also have to deal with like in the home being insulated properly and things like that? Yeah. So the new builds nowadays are like that's the push in new construction is to be super green and efficient. Mm-hmm. And so they're building them so much more tightly now. Like all okay. the little gaps in the that would be between the um, two by fours and the wall, everything's mm-hmm. being sealed up. Oh, so that's they're nice. super tight. Yeah. So, um, and what, what was the second part? The rent, the renting side of it? Yeah. I'd say either the like, obviously like buying or renting, like what are like the tips you would give someone that's interested right now? Yeah. As far as renting goes, the biggest thing is finding something that will cash flow, mm-hmm. even if that's $1. Um, you know, there's a, there's a 1% rule that, you know, if you're paying $300,000 for the house, it should rent for 3000 a month. It's becoming a lot harder to do, and it's becoming a lot harder with our property taxes mm-hmm. to get things to cash flow. So, like, I'm looking, you know, as far as holding on to properties, I'm looking in, like, Weatherford and Granbury because their tax rates are so much lower, and it's, yes. they're both growing communities. And so uh, that's, you know, those are, I mean, some basic things. Like, mm-hmm. you want to make sure it cash flows, be in an area where there's going to be growth, you know, look at all your numbers, the... Okay. So now last question, why should someone hire a realtor? Great question. Uh, you should hire a realtor, uh, so you don't screw up, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, hiring somebody that's in tune with the market, they're going to be looking out for you. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm the, probably the worst person at this because you forget how much you learn over the years. Yeah. And like, to me, it's like no big deal to go buy a house. Mm-hmm. But when it's your first time, I forget all the things that like I didn't know or people don't know. And so like in our process, we I've tried putting everything in videos. Yeah. So each step of the way, you know, our clients get a video from us where it goes through all those little things so that we don't forget, you know, but um yeah. I, what was the question? I'm sorry. Literally just, just like, why, sh- why, why should you have a realtor? Why should you have a realtor? Yeah. And then, you know, other things like you don't want the big screw ups, right? That, yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like I, I had a guy that bought a house in a floodplain and he didn't know it was in a floodplain. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause he paid, he, he paid cash for the house. And so he didn't have to have flood insurance. Right. But then when he went to sell it, you know, you're talking about an extra $200 a month for flood insurance. Well, that takes away a lot of borrowing power. If yeah. your money's good. You're right. So the, the house wasn't worth as much. Um, yeah, just, you know, little things like that. And then also, like, especially with new homes, a lot of people don't use realtors for new homes. That's, like, one of the things we specialize in is probably 30% of our business. I feel like every new person I know that's bought a new home has had the most problems with it, though. Yeah. Was it, how so? Like, what like kind of problems? It's, it's typically always, like, heating like heating or air conditioning. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Because a lot of, yeah, it, and it all depends on how that stuff's installed, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a big difference in builders. And if you don't know, if you're not in it every day, like a new house looks like a new house, but the materials that are used, the way that it's built, the insulation, uh, all that kind of stuff goes into it. And then also like the finish out. Um, another, another big part is like, if you're going into a neighborhood and you look around and it's got siding on three sides of the house. Okay. That is a sign that you should only live there for a few years because what's going to happen over time, those are going to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, people don't keep up with them like they should, right? Yeah, no. When it, you know, when it's between like buying diapers and repainting the outside of your house, you're going to buy diapers all day long. Absolutely. Or if it, even, or if it's going to a ranger game and painting yeah. the outside of your house, you're going to the ranger game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those, a lot of times those um, neighborhoods don't 
appreciate as well, and they don't do as well as in the long run. Um, That's but, something I never would have thought of. So yeah. I like that. And then also like those are usually like the companies that build those. They're like cookie cutter, right? So mm -hmm. they it's like we put. We have three different tiles, and yeah, that's and you just get to pick the, one, yeah, yeah, in the same neighborhood, right? Yeah. So, um, so like you know, if and I'm not saying don't buy those houses. I'm just saying if you do buy that house, because it's a great entry point. It's a lot. They're they're going to be less expensive to get into the house, right? So buy the house, and if you do like little things over time, like just little upgrades here or there, whether it's like I don't know a cool accent wall yeah. or that's going to make your house stand out so much more than the rest of the neighborhood. When you go to sell it, it's going to be, everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, that's super nice yeah. for everything else going on. Uh, so, you know, I always look at that like, hey, if that's a place that you can get into to get started, do it. Um, but, you know, in 10 years or so, when the houses all need repainted or whatever, you're not going to get the return that you're going to see if you sold in, I don't know, five years or whatever. Absolutely. Or, or you yeah. turn it into a rental. I think I would just want someone to like hold my hand through the process because yeah. I am one of those people that just has questions. Mm -hmm. And so I think whenever you are like you become someone's realtor, are you like available for, to them the majority of the time? Oh, yeah. Obviously, you probably have to keep like hours because I'm sure people overstep that quite often. I should. You, I yes. Should. <laughs> you're like, I See, should. I should start that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. It's like when you're a realtor, you're on 24 7. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's like after nine o'clock, I won't answer my phone, but it's yeah. like, you know, weekends. You, know, you don't have any. I feel like days that's off. all my friends that are realtors. They're just constantly doing something. Yeah, and like you're always going. A hundred percent. And that's like right now. You know, I'm in a place where I'm trying to get my business to where, um, you know, that's not me. Like I don't have to do that. I've got agents that'll run around and do yeah. it. But it, it is. It's probably one of the toughest uh, industries to build a business in. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, so then also, sorry, I do have one last question. Sure. Whenever you are like, say, you're a licensed like realtor. So say I'm, you know, obviously wanting to buy a home and I have legal questions as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have someone that you're able to talk to on your staff that like, say you don't know the legal side of something that they mm -hmm. can be referred to? Yeah, it doesn't come up very often, uh, but there are situations that always pop up and you're like, huh, I have no idea on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we don't have them on our staff, but uh, we've got title companies mm -hmm. that have them on staff for okay, perfect. that sort of thing. So that way if something comes up and you say, hey, here's So you at least always have a contact yeah, yeah. to be like, let me figure this out real yeah. fast. And we do have a legal hotline as well, but it's oh, not for nice. like situational stuff. It's like more of like contract stuff. Like okay. if it's a technicality question on how a contract works or that kind of thing. So yeah, gotcha. we, we have resources. That's good. Yeah. Well, where can everyone find you again? Make sure we need all the socials. We need yeah. your TikTok. So that way everyone can follow you as well. Yeah. We're at uh, TomsTexasRealty.com and Facebook and Instagram at TomsTexasRealty and TikTok at Tom.Things. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I loved this. Yeah. Thanks I was for like, I definitely want to kind of dive in. Obviously, maybe you can help me with my like little journey into, you sure. know, buying something and we can talk about it. Sure. But... I think that also I have so many friends that are in the process of either selling or want to turn theirs, their home into a rental property. I think mm -hmm. we definitely need to have you back because okay. I feel like we're going to have a lot of questions. We can, we can talk flips and Airbnbs. Yes, exactly. I was like, I really want to get into the Airbnb uh, not being in Fort Worth mm -hmm. as I do air quotes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, air quotes. So <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming. I loved this. Yeah, thanks for having I me. I was like, and until next time, cheers. <laughs>